Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. My name is Peter Ravella. I am the co-host of this show, and Tyler Buckingham is also here at uh, Savannah, Georgia. We're at the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association 20th Annual Meeting, and we're kicking off our coverage of this very important event with, I think, one of the most important user groups on this waterway, and that is the recreational boater industry. And we are really pleased to have on the American Shoreline podcast three special guests to kick off our coverage of AIWA's meeting. David Kennedy, the Manager of Government Affairs for Boat US. Welcome to the show, David. Great. Thanks for being here. And Melissa Danko, who's the Executive Director of the Marine Trades Association of New Jersey. Welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast, Melissa. Thank you for having me. And David Dickinson, who's the Vice President for State Government Relations at the National uh, Marine Manufacturers Association. Thank you very much. And I meant thank you guys for being on the show. Well, let's talk about, uh, let's, let's introduce our audience, first of all, to the organizations that you all represent and what you do. And if you would, in your introductions, uh, tell us a little bit about why this waterway matters to you. And I think as we, as we do it traditionally, ladies first. Melissa, tell us about the, the Marine Trades Association of New Jersey and your uh, role and responsibility in that organization. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so I am the executive director of the Marine Trades Association of New Jersey. We're an association that was established in 1972. I've been with the association now for about 19 years. Uh, we represent the recreational boating industry in the state of New Jersey. We're a membership organization made up of over 300 members located all over the state of New Jersey. So we advocate and represent the recreational boating businesses um, and in many different ways and all the things that we do as an association. And another piece of all that is we advocate for uh, the industry as a whole. We represent the recreational boating bo boaters, which are our members' customers. We also are here because um, we want to help people get out in the water more, enjoy the water, uh, be able to travel to different locations all around and enjoy their boat and as much as they possibly can. So making sure that our waterways are navigable and usable is uh, one of the priorities of our association and the work that we do. Fantastic. It's not all about barges, ladies and gentlemen, on the AIWA. Uh, David Dickinson, VP, State Government Relations, the National Marine Manufacturers Association. Introduce yourself and tell us about the organization. Thank you. Yes. Um, I am David Dickerson, and I work for the National Marine Manufacturers, which represents about 1,200 manufacturers of boats, engines, trailers, pretty much anything in or on a boat. Our membership stops pretty much around 80 to 90 feet in length. After that, they don't really need the services of a trade association. <laughs> However, they do need our effort with AIWA because those larger boats definitely start to get into the draft as well as the, the many sailboat members we have. So very important to us to start with that we have easy access north and south along the eastern seaboard. That's where people coming down from Canada or the northeast down to Florida, they spend their entire you know, winter or uh, down in uh, the, the warmer areas. If they can't get down there easily, there are a couple of things will happen. Either they'll give up on boating and get an RV, which is not good for us, or if it's silted in, they may go outside and mm -hmm. go into the Atlantic, which sounds easy until the weather comes up. So we want them to stay safe. We want it to make it an easy route down and back. So that's what the big ditch means to us is easy access and, and also um, just keeping people able 
to enjoy going up and down and, and enjoy the beautiful nature you get when you anchor and all of that. You know, I've heard that last night, that phrase, the big ditch. Is that the phrase for the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway? Is that a specific reference here? Or is this <laughs> Well, it kind of is, and it, it just depends on where you are. Right. Where, where we're sitting right now in Georgia, the Intercoastal was created by using existing waterways, and they simply deepened them through the marshes and the like. So it really looks like a serpentine yeah. type of, of uh, route. You get down to Florida, and they had to dig it straight through coral and, and bedrock. Right. So they went as straight as they could. So that's where it really is a big ditch. Okay, I mean, it is, I it. It is uh, uh, a prescribed uh, dis, uh, width and then down to eight feet? Ten. Ten, Ten. feet. Ten feet. David Kennedy uh, with Boat U.S. Tell us about Boat U.S., uh, David, and your role with that organization. Sure. Then thanks for having us here. So Boat U.S. is the Boat Owners Association of the United States. We are a membership association. We have over 650,000 members nationwide, dues-paying members. And it really is about individual boat owners and, and what they're interested in. So we're the customers for NMMA and for New Jersey Marine Trades. Uh, our members own a great wide variety of boats, everything from the 17-foot boat in somebody's driveway up to the 40-foot boat that they're taking back and forth. And our, our interest here is to maintain that that waterway and to maintain the, the entire system. So we do have members who travel the length, the snowbirds, back and forth every season. But we also have members who are just here on individual parts of the waterway. And so we, we really think about that and keeping the system and keeping the connectivity parts of this. And I lead the government affairs efforts for the association. And uh, we, we say we have, we're, we're about saving service and representation. Well, I'm hmm. the representation part. Got it. So this is an interesting uh, gathering here at the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association. And looking at the cards on the table at the registration desk this morning, Recreational boaters are well represented. You three, obviously, from all segments of it. The boat owners organization, David Kennedy. The manufacturing organization, David Dickerson. And Melissa, your organization, which is really this access and facilities management, I guess, of uh, the component of the recreational community. Yes, we're here because as a state association, we work very closely with our state uh, DOT, Office of Maritime Resources. You know, they handle our and worked for dredging of our marine transportation system in our state. It was our state person that actually connected us with Brad so that we could sort of bring in the federal piece that uh, we need to be advocating for to make that connection, to have a complete uh, accessible marine transportation system. So that is why we are here and I am now a part of the organization because it's really important that as a statewide association we're involved in all levels of waterway management. So this this uh, waterway, I think for for the Davids, uh, the organizations you represent obviously are far in expanse of this particular waterway and this particular region of the country, but uh, to come and spend the time here to, to, to work on it, why is this waterway particularly important uh, in, in, your, uh, in, in, in the folks that you rep represent at the, at the Marine Manufacturers Association? Well, if AIWA wasn't here, the amount of money that is spent on dredging would be static. And thanks to the leadership at AIWA, every year we are able to have either more money set aside for our uh, needs or it is just an overall increase. There's been a huge backlog that, that AIWA is helping to fund and, and allow the Army Corps of Engineers to go through and dredge it down to the 10-foot authorized depth. 
But for recreational boaters, as important it is to be able to go north and south, even the local people have to be able to go east and west. They have to be able to use these, these inlets. If you're in, for instance, North Carolina, the waterway is very dynamic. And so if you're not in there regularly, you're going to have a, um, a serpentine route in and out that you may not be able to put a marker on. It's very dangerous and, and requires local knowledge. So you don't want that to happen. You want to be able to go north and south, east and west very easily. And that's part of what AIWA does. And David Kennedy, is it how economically important is recreational boating in America, if you can do broadly, or on the Atlantic seaboard where we're talking about uh, in this setting? Sure. So the, the broad numbers, and actually the, the true experts on this and the people who do develop these numbers are National Marine Manufacturers Association, and David will correct me, David Dickerson will correct me if I'm wrong. It's uh, about $36 billion a year in direct economic activity just from the manufacturers and then you take the multiplier parts and it you know you can do the economics there's actually been some interesting information came came out from the uh, bureau of economic analysis about the overall outdoor recreation economy it's two percent of gdp of which the single largest part is boating and recreational angling really? so wow. it's it's an enormously important part I think one of the things that a lot of the members of the AAA and, and so for example, the Florida Inland Navigation District is working on developing what the local economic impacts are. And organizations like Melissa will also be able to bring that message. And that's part of the reason we're involved here is, you know, having coherence to that message. And something I always keep in mind as I'm working on these things is they don't just build it for recreational boaters. So we know that we need to be involved at a larger level and to understand what the other users are because that if we help them, they are going to help us. If, if they dredge it enough to carry the barges with fuel and other important pieces, then it'll also work for boaters, and that's why we support the broader effort. Got it. And, and this is a federally maintained waterway. It starts down in what, Miami. Is it Miami or Key West? And all the way up to... How far far north does it go? Does it goes all the way well, up, doesn't it? What's the, the formally formally the, the, formally it stops in uh, in Virginia? Okay, and that's where mile marker one is. Okay. However, AIWA has recently uh, been working with Melissa to extend its reach well up uh, beyond that because although it doesn't have the designation, it certainly is part as we've been talking about that whole north south migration, Transit. as well as um, as David said, boy, if we can hop on the wagon with the you know commercial users guaranteed if a barge can go through so can our boats right absolutely important so talk about the northern reaches of the waterway and i i am familiar with this the official designation of the atlantic Inter intercoastal waterway stops in virginia i guess it's norfolk area correct but north of that obviously people are coming down from your part of the world melissa up in new york and new jersey and headed down to florida by boat every year Right. Talk about that section of the waterway. What is it called up there? We call it the ICW. We okay. always just called it the ICW. And, you know, for, for us, and actually I will say that, you know, these relationships, you know, where, where there's a lot of people doing a lot of the same thing. So, you know, in New Jersey and in other parts um, in our region, we were working on a lot of these things. But sometimes it's hard to get your hands around going after that federal funding to help the Corps and others do the work that they need to do. So through some of our conversations, you know, we were able to see what, um, this organization was doing and the importance of actually spreading that reach you know and Brad and his team have um, really created an awareness and now more of an effort to help um, our area get our problem areas dredged so those partnerships and those relationships um, are already in the works and helping our uh, Philadelphia district is one of them 
um, address some of the problem areas that we have. So we have always historically heard voters say, well, you know, we got to go around or we got to go out because there's so many different problem areas on the ICW and well, you got to avoid New Jersey and just forget it. You can't get through certain areas at certain mm -hmm. times of the day. Um, so that causes, you know, challenges for our boaters. Like David mentioned, they just won't um, navigate or boat through our waterways um, or they'll go around, which in some cases is not always safe if there's not a safe harbor or an area for them to come right. um, into New Jersey. So, you know, we lose the economic impacts of that. We lose uh, those boaters visiting our state, spending money on supplies and visiting restaurants. So it's, it's an incredible economic driver, and it's important to make sure that it's navigable. And organizations like, um, uh, you know, David and David and, and Brad um, work together collectively to go after that federal money that, as David mentioned, would go someplace else. Uh, what is the condition, uh, in y'all's judgment, the general condition of the waterway? Let's talk about it from Florida all the way up uh, into the northeast, the ICW reach. How, how are we doing in maintaining this important waterway in America? So, and that's one of the things that we'll be talking about at the meeting here. They, we, we are making progress. There is still a maintenance backlog. And um, this is we, one of the things that the AAA was successful in doing was getting uh, basically a report card from the Army Corps about where the needs are. We've been getting that since I think 2014. We've been working away at the backlog, but it, it continues to be a challenge. I think in, at this time it's in the neighborhood of 75 million, to, um, 75 million to bring us back to the authorized depths. So there's always individual spots where there are challenges. Right. And um, we go back to, we want this whole system to work. And so that's why we continue to advocate for full funding and taking care of this. It really is. Imagine if you were driving down Interstate 95 and all of a sudden it turned into a dirt road. Right. That, that, yeah, th those are places. It's, it's, it's getting better, but there, there are still challenges. When you say, and, and David Dickerson, we, you mentioned 75 million. I've heard 75 to 85 million dollars to get the waterway in good shape. Good Lord Almighty. We're in America here. Seventy-five, eighty-five million dollars in the federal budget is a rounding error on a bad day. Why is it so difficult to get this investment? And it seems warranted. I mean, Melissa, you're clear, and I think it's quite true that the recreational boating industry is an important driver. Two percent of GDP—that's a stunning number in recreation. The biggest part of which is boating. Why is it so difficult? What goes on on Capitol Hill is. I don't understand. I mean, $85 million, and that is an annual, I guess, an annual number, obviously. To keep, not even it, that. What, 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 it's not this, even that. Um, tell that's us about just, the money. Yeah, and the 75 is just to, to you know, kind of get in advance, get ahead of the problem. The, the overall maintenance is, is much less that than that if we were to completely uh, complete wow. the project. So why? Well, there's a certain truth is that once the pie gets cut up it's really hard to start changing the slices no matter how small the slice may be hmm. everybody wants the core to come to their area and do their work whether yeah. you're in uh, san diego or in vermont so those dollars are you know there's a lot of pressure they've done away with earmarking which used to be the way you could get stuff done right in congress now it's um more creative more, <laughs> so, yeah, a little more challenging that's right so there's there's a lot of pressure on those dollars why they don't add more um infrastructure has not been overall a, a high maintenance uh, or a high priority for the u.s budget and and think about it everybody comes in saying i'm gonna spend a trillion dollars on have you seen a single dollar? Right. We talk about it a lot. We we're talk good. About we're good at that. We're very good at talking about infrastructure and investment. Uh, 
Uh, David Kennedy, what, what do you see on Capitol Hill? And how, how do, what I like about, I'll just tell you what I like about AIWA and I think the strength of it and why, Melissa, your presence here is important. It is the representation of the entire waterway and the states involved that benefit because we're talking about political power and that means we're talking about U.S. senators and representatives and the more of those you got, the better off you'll be. And, and so having this integrated approach that IWA, the association, brings, I think is quite good. Uh, but in your experience, how, does, how do people on the Hill react to the need to maintain this waterway, uh, Mr. Kennedy? So I certainly think that the, the members of Congress who represent this area have gotten better in understanding, and that's really been one of the, the great parts of this association is helping them to, to have that understanding. So as David said, everybody's interested in infrastructure. The challenge is how do you pay for it and how right. do, you, do you get those resources to it? I, I always go back to a political axiom, nothing moves unless it's pushed. Hmm. So we, we push here, we, we work with a broader groups for dredging in other areas, the, the more funds that flow into it overall and making sure that this is a priority for the nation and, and keep that on their list. And so that's what's gonna start benefiting waterways like up in New Jersey. All or I, I think about the entire nation. This is one of the obviously one of the top waterways when it comes for recreational boaters. That's why we're involved here. But so I, the it is a nicely bipartisan, nonpartisan issue. Yeah. But it, it's just the okay. How do we get there, and how do we actually do it? Is, right. is the challenge. One of the best things, and one of the best arguments we have, has nothing to do with recreational boating. It is that every time you see too many trucks on I ninety five going north and south. A lot of that product, if it doesn't have to get there tomorrow, can go on a barge. And it may be slower, but it's less expensive. Get people, um, you know, clears the waterway, uh, clears the highways, reduces pollution. It's a tremendous solution. In fact, it's called um, U.S. Waterway 95. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's uh, a truly a designation a of it. A transportation corridor. Right. And, uh, Melissa Ipp in New Jersey, the Marine Trade Association of the state, I, it, it sounds like the name would include, do you collaborate with the commercial operators on the waterway? What's your relationship between your recreational membership and the commercial folks? You know, we really are truly recreational, so um, we don't really work together on a lot of issues, mostly just by the nature of our organization. Our partners at the state level, they do um, co coordinate with the commercial groups because of the waterway management role that they play. So as a trade association, we really truly advocate for, um, while the entire waterway system, our focus really is the recreational voting, but it's all, it's all connected. And mm -hmm. um, again, you know, our state partners, they really see the, the bigger picture in bringing everybody together to making sure that all the same people at the table to address the same issues, to go after, um, you know, the needs and the funding. You mentioned a little while ago, why is it so difficult to... Yeah to you know, be able to advocate and get that funding that's needed is because there's such competition. You know, so we spend a lot of time as a trade association trying to raise awareness um, of the importance of making sure that our waterways are navigable because they don't necessarily realize the economic impact or the commercial use mm -hmm. or the need to connect all those systems. You know, if you look at it like a roadway, as David mentioned, um, you know, if the federal waterways are not dredged, you can't access the state waterways and you can't access the local waterways. So there's a broken piece in the connected system. 
And that's why it's so important to be here on supporting Brad and AIWA's efforts to make sure that the whole system is complete and there is funding because everybody wants uh, funding for their projects. Well, I do like the fact that there's commercial operators here and the recreational community together. That's the powerhouse. Uh, David? I was just going to say as part of our entire membership, we actually have individual boaters who pay 25 bucks to be a member because they recognize the importance of it. And David was just raising his hand. He is one of the $25 ones. <laughs> That's um, great. But um, I can't think of another place where people can so easily move up and down. And, and while people think of the ICW as, um, you know, almost a commercial traffic or whatever, if you're going north and south in a boat, you're going slow, but also where you might uh, anchor can be the most beautiful, remote, quiet area with so much nature around you. You can watch the sun go up and down. So it's really a special, special asset to the United States as far as not only as we've been talking about transportation and the like and recreation, yeah. but it is also just a, a way to tap into the natural, to the natural world around you. Well, thank you for bringing that up because I do. I know uh, we've got to kick off the meeting here. I think we've got a few more minutes. We do. But I do want to talk about that. What is special about this? And talk to us about the favorite places along this waterway. What makes it magical and why it's important? Sure. So I have had the, the great fortune that I've actually done the trip three times. Back for it, it's been a few years. But so it, it really is, it's just a different way to see the nation and, and a wonderful part of the nation. You, it gives you the time to slow down. I always say you're, you're going along, you see something, you see it, you go by it, you, you have time with it. Yeah. And then you do get to these places. I, when my wife and I did the trip, we, on the Georgia coast, I didn't see another boat for two days because of some of the remote areas we got to. And it's that ability to slow down, take in the environment and, and be part of it is really just, I, I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. If people can find a way, it's a trip that everyone should take, like going to the Grand Canyon or it's something that we really want to make sure people are able to do and do far into the future. It's that important. Wow. So this, when you say the trip, we're talking about the north-south transit along the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway, yeah. the ICW? Or any part there. You know, some people do through hikes on the Appalachian Trail or they do parts of it. This is something, you know, something, you know, do, do whatever you can. So. Well, Melissa, you were talking to us last night in, in, about New Jersey and uh, the state you're from and that it is often misunderstood. It absolutely <laughs> is a beautiful state. Can you tell us a little bit about what's special about the waterway through your state of New Jersey? Um, we have 127 miles of coastline and it's spectacular. And um, as, as David mentions, there really truly is something magical about being out on the water. You know, being out in the water, being out in a boat, um, the quiet, the nature, it's, it's truly um, an amazing way to, to live life and enjoy, enjoy life on the water. And New Jersey just has so many different, uh, different types of waterways. We've got lakes, we've got um, bays and back bays and beautiful places where you can anchor and you can swim and you can recreate in all kinds of water sports and fishing. And I just don't think people realize the beauty of the waterways that we have in our great state. And once you get out there on a boat and you travel, I've been all over the state, on our boat and uh, it's it's an amazing way to, to see New Jersey. Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, David Kennedy, the uh, Manager of Government uh, Affairs for Boat US and Melissa Danko from uh, the Marine Trades Association of New Jersey, David Dickerson, the Vice President of Gov State Government Relations for the National Marine uh, Manufacturers Association helping us kick off coverage of the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association meeting here in Savannah, Georgia. 
Uh, closing thoughts, everybody. I know you got to get to the kickoff meeting. We've got a U.S. congressman on this morning. Uh, just uh, thank you for having us and giving us the opportunity to talk about uh, what we do and, and how important it is to all of us. It's and, uh, great for me to be here in New Jersey and I mean, from New Jersey to be able to you know, spread our message from our great state. And don't forget to tell folks how they can find out more about your organizations as you do your closing here. Uh, well, we have lots of ways. Um, our website, uh, mtanj.org, talks a little bit about all the work that we do and who's a part of our organization. Uh, Facebook as well. We post a lot of information about stuff that we do as an association. So those are two ways. Great. For us, uh, particularly for those that are listeners, they should go to discoverboating.com, and that's just a, a complete uh, ecosystem of information and access to what types of boats are out there, how to use them, how to fix them, where to go with them. It's a tremendous resource. So discoverboating.com is probably the best entree to NMMA. Thank you. Thank you. So for, for Boat US, if you own a boat, you need to be a member of Boat US. We will take care of you in all kinds of different ways. And shameless plug. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and We're all about the shameless yeah. plug. And uh, certainly, of course, BoatUS.com. And BoatUS.org is a great place for boater education. And from our foundation, we are the leading online provider of that. So please, uh, it, like I say, if you own a boat or if you're thinking about owning a boat, discover boating and boatus.com. Fantastic. I'll say one more, uh, goboatingnj.org. So Go we boating actually NJ. have a campaign to promote boating in New Jersey and talk about all the great things. So Fantastic. go boating NJ. Well, enjoy the meeting and we look forward to seeing you guys around the conference for the next couple of days. Thank you so much for kicking off the coverage with us on the American Shoreline Podcast. Who tells my father's and mine was you?